Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. I don't know if you know this, but we often record numerous Lead Time episodes on the same day. And sometimes I remind Jake to bring different clothes, but other times I'm like, nah, I'm just going to see how this rolls. And this was one of those days. So if we pan to Jake right now, oh you, yeah, it's a Miami Vice gangster kind of a look right now. You got scars. You got a story, dude. You got a past. I got in a this Gilbert life, man. I got in a fight with my saltwater dispenser. It took <laughs> me for a couple scars, but I, I nailed it for four bags. All four in bags there. up Boom. in there. You're set for like four months man, with I four am, bags. I'm tough. Yeah, see, I don't always remember, you know, so we filmed last week and I had this on, you might have noticed, but I'm rocking the rocking the V-neck yeah, like, white shirt from Kmart, uh, no, Walmart. Yeah, baby. So good. Cross out, cross in. I think cross out. That's yeah. right. Today, we believe in always eternities are changed when a leader grows. 42 seconds. Bull riding, right? Eight seconds? Eight seconds? Seven seconds? Eight seconds? One of the two. Eight seconds. One of the two. Eight seconds? 42 seconds, though. Jesus could throw down an amazing conversation with people and impact their life, like lives like none of us have ever thought possible. Like 42 seconds, it just kind of goes by, click, click, click. You, you say hi to someone, you don't say hi to someone. Hey, how you doing? And the moment Good. just kind of escapes. Your yeah. neighbor, right. the barista, uh, someone in the... Um, the shopping center, you don't even want to probably talk to them. But Jesus had deep conversations, profound conversations, simple conversations, um, and sometimes we we overlook this. If you looked at all of the different interactions that Jesus had, though, and you read them, the texts that we actually have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, and you timed it out, this is what Carl Madaris did, and he wrote a book on it called 42 Seconds, Everyday Conversations About Jesus. He, he noticed that in the documents that we have, it was about 42 seconds. Jesus interacting with people in one, um, one time. Now, we know that there's other things probably we, we don't have of the context or other mm-hmm. things he said. But let's think about it. In 42 seconds, he impacted a lot of people's life. Think about the conversations, though, you had yesterday. You might not even remember them. It's hard to think, like, what, who did I really talk to? How impactful was it? Think about those conversations you had. Were they impactful or not? What would it look like if they would be more impactful? What could we do? So let's talk about the thesis from the book. We are literally using a lot of his notes that he wrote on just to let you know. Read the book, 42 Seconds by Carl Moderis. Tim, tell us about the thesis of his book. So... Every minute matters, and I don't want to waste today. I think a lot of times we're going through our lives, and we are just hanging out. You got a tribe. Every person actually needs a tribe. I'm looking over here at Adam Lamb. Adam, you're a part of our tribe, bro, and and Todd, who's doing it. We we hang out. We do life together. But Jesus had room for not just his disciples, the 12, though he poured himself into them immensely, he had room to notice people that were in the crowd. And often the crowd gets a bad rap, right? People that are just kind of out there, separated from, from God. But Jesus cared about the crowd. So let's think of evangelism 
And there was a movement, this is about 30, 40 years ago, a big-time revival-type movement that leveraged a evangelistic tactic called Kennedy evangelism. Kennedy evangelism. And here it basically was, knock, 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 knock on the door. Who answers their door these days? You know, very rarely even do people... Even back then. Even back then. So a lot of doors being slammed in the face. But when someone was open to opening their door, Hello? they would ask a number of different questions. And here it was. If you were to die tonight... <gasps> And your soul was demanded of you, where would you go? Heaven and hell. And the person would go, I don't know. And let me tell you how you can know that you are going going to heaven. Now, we don't necessarily use this tactic consistently. We think that relationship is really, really important. It takes time to earn trust. But sometimes the Spirit may lay it on your heart. Do you know who Jesus is? You know, maybe that's a better question than if you don't know. Do you know who Jesus is? And if they go, can I tell you about who he is, how he's revealed himself to me, how he's worked in my life? You could just fast track, but this requires wisdom, right, Jake, to know when and where. But our hypothesis today, and Madaris' hypothesis, is you don't um, leverage those minutes as often, as consistently as you can. You're not even inviting the Holy Spirit to give you discernment to understand, okay, right now is a time for me to speak, to speak. So we want to give you the tools today to help you speak when the Spirit speaks. That's right. And we believe that Jesus was then a master at making these short interactions with people very significant. Now, we're not going to be able to train you today to take these 42 seconds when you're sitting at the barber chair and like convert the person or when you're going to the holiday party, the Christmas party over the white elephant gift. But it might retool your thinking on how you can simply, let's start with the first one, be kinder to people. We're going to start with these three ways to help Jesus be a natural part of your everyday interaction. Be kind. Number one, kindness seems soft mild. No one wants to say, hey, I'm I'm kind. That's the thing I want to go for. Um, I'm starting to love this word. I am too. Kindness. Be kind. I remember with Blockbuster. Remember Blockbuster? Be, be kind. kind and rewind. rewind. Yeah. Be kind. It, you know, if you didn't rewind, it was kind of like, I don't really care about Blockbuster. Well, it's a simple act that you would do to re- You remember this, Adam? Um, BCRs, you know? It was a Bush um, League <laughs> move if you did not rewind Bush but, League. But they didn't rewind yeah. this, you know? Now, Jesus was simply over-the-top kind. In his culture, it was similar to ours. People were running around with their own agenda, their anxiousness, their crazy schedule for the day. They're busy. Jesus chose to be kind in the moment. It's the basic human sort of stuff. Kindness to people around you, acknowledging people around you, um, and how can I be kind to them? I love how Paul lists in the fruit of the Spirit— Love, joy, peace, patience, the fifth one, kindness. It makes the top five qualities there. We're to exhibit as God's people with the Spirit of God living in us. Yeah, we might dress differently on the outside, but as Christians, we have Jesus' Spirit in us that will provoke kindness in your life. I'll tell you what, dude. I have been captured in worship by many of you know this song, Reckless Love, and the kindness, he uses that word an awful lot in reckless love, the kindness of Jesus toward me. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it. Can't do anything for it, but it's all been given. He has shown uh, kindness. And when I think of Jesus, you ought to image him. Do you have him in your mind's eye? 
Do you think about how Jesus looks and then how he looks at you? It's with kindness and love. He's he's very, very proud I mean, I mean, of you. Could you yeah. imagine Jesus this side of dying on the cross for people and rising again and saying to his disciples, love one another? Can you imagine Jesus in your head, angry and fist, um, fist up, ready to attack? No. And oftentimes, though, people see Jesus through our interactions, through our emotions, through our experiences as we convey that as Christians. I have a story about um, someone I sat down with over the last uh, year, and uh, as I sat with him, he started to tell me his story of um, having desires for the opposite sex. So he says, yes, I'm gay, but I don't act on those those desires. So he didn't, yeah, he didn't so have desires. So I'm a celibate it, now, yeah. gay person, yep. and people label me all these different things, but it's the way that I can describe it. But in his um, uh, life of, of portraying um, having desires for the opposite sex and being called gay, he was at a church once at his father's funeral. Mm-hmm. And another minister was there, didn't know him at all, and labeled him a sodomite. Like personally, like personally, like hey, you're a yeah, sodomist. but you're a sodomist, My you know. Goodness. No relationship. That was forty-two seconds gone bad, and he has pain and anguish from moments like that that people didn't get to know and hear his story. Like I just shared a little bit of that, and as he's weeping, you're able to just say, "No, God loves you. We love you as a church. Come hang out with us. Hear about the journey of Jesus to the cross once again, um, because I'm a sinner." You're a sinner. We all, we all need Jesus. So kindness won the day in Jesus's day, and it, it wins the day for people like that that need to simply hear the message of Jesus. Jesus was simply nice to people, wasn't he, Tim? Hundred percent. And this is the way you can practice kindness: say hello to people, seek to get to know their story. One of the greatest is, is John chapter four, right? Uh, Jesus and the woman at the well. We talk about this one a lot. He knows her story, the good, the bad, the ugly of the whole story, and yet he receives her and she leaves sharing him. Her, she, she leaves sharing her simple encounter with the, the promised Messiah that she now believes has come in the world in Jesus and goes and changes her community. That was maybe a two-minute conversation, if you read John. And her whole eternity and the eternities of others are changed because Jesus didn't waste that two-minute conversation with judgment. He could have brought just judgment, but something about his eyes, his tone, all of that drew her in rather than pushed her away. Um, the disciples that were fishermen, yeah, Peter, James, John. I mean, they're they're hanging out, and he simply comes up, and <laughs> he doesn't even say much. But come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In one statement, they they come and follow him. It changed their life. Forty two seconds. So the first thing, listener, is you could simply say hello to people, <laughs> like because you stand in lines, you you're you're around maybe the the coffee pot or. Keurig, you know, <laughs> who's coffee, coffee pots pot anymore? anymore? <laughs> the Keurig. <laughs> you're looking and good, bro. You're, you're not really, you, there's people at your work, maybe there's 5,000 employees or something, it's a big industry, and you're not. Come on now. If you're dressed like that, I'm not coming to the Keurig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know? Hey, I'm, say hi to me. No. Say hi to me. No. Anyway. You can simply say hi to them. And you could. see where it takes you. And ask them, how are you doing? And actually That's it. want a response and then share with them how how you are doing. Yep. Let's as well. pause on that in all sincerity, Jake. How are you doing? 
When you ask that question of people, do you have time or can they see in your countenance that you're like, I'm just asking this because I want to feel better about myself, but I really don't have time for you. I don't you. care about that. Like I saw you and then you saw me and then I come up, oh, how you doing? But I'm walking. I'll I tell you what. there's a difference in your posture. Oh my gosh, is there a difference? And eyes. I, a lot of times, this is, I'm going to be real right now. Can I get real here? With you, Miami Vice? You didn't anyway. every time you well, asked me? I'm heading to another conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm probably late. So I'm don't say it. probably three to four. So just don't say it. Well, I'm trying to be kind. <laughs> but you're not because you're running away. I know. I'm and not. I'm talking to myself here, right? No, right. So what – it's a good point. There's certain times we have mm-hmm. room for that and others we don't. You know, So we're not forcing this on every single conversation. Yeah. But as often as possible, if we have that that – patience and that room in our schedule and a lot of times we think we're just packed with different things so oftentimes we don't have we don't have room yeah we don't have margin to to not just continue on with the scheduled people and think about jesus's calendar it was just unscheduled right i mean it was ordained by the father but he wasn't like well i got a two o'clock with jairus's daughter I don't have time for you trying to touch my cloak to be healed. And that's an Eastern-Western difference, yeah, too, where time isn't – you go to Mexico or anything like that. It's like, when's church going to start? Ah, oh, 10.30. It starts at 11.30. But people are just hanging out. They've created space. I don't know if you've experienced that with Marlon, Adam's new new bride, Marlon, from Guatemala. And uh, it's a total different so culture. Thank you. Um, it's a total different culture. And I think Jesus was uh, yeah. immersed in that. So he just had more time. So how, if you're a Westerner, which am, we all am, are, yeah. how do you schedule wandering, you know, informal to prayerful time with people, you know? He's Wander like, around the campus. Just yeah. see see what you see. And you can schedule that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I got to. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I would say I, I pack the schedule and I'm oftentimes late. I'm trying to work on it. And it's I need to leave myself. I can't accomplish all this. Come on, Jake. You can't accomplish all of this in a day. Leave yourself 10 minutes of transition, 15 minutes, even half an hour sometimes as you're going different places to interact with real people. Another way to be kind is ask questions. Oh, Think man. about these questions that Jesus asked people. Do you want to get well? What do you want me to do for you? Very clear. Heal me. Do you love me? Yes. <laughs> Where are your accusers? Nowhere. <laughs> Who do you say that I am? You're the son of God. Christ. Jesus oftentimes asks these questions um, when other people asked him questions. He wouldn't actually give them the response, but he'd ask them more questions to put it back in their court. Tim, why do you think he asked them all of these questions? Because he wanted to know them. He wanted to it's, know their heart. It's true. Right? He knew it, but he wanted them to, to speak it. He had, for themselves, even. For themselves, for sure, for sure. So yeah, Jesus was remarkably kind. The second point is, we are called to be be present with people. We live in such a ridiculously distracted world. We've, we've talked about this up to this point, and our call is to build relationships with people um, and to expose like all of ourselves the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny of ourselves, to build those deep relationships by being present with people. So practicing being present with people starts uh, with what Brother Lawrence entitled Practicing the Presence of God. Tell us about practicing the presence of God, Jake. Brother Lawrence's um, perspective is in his story of his life when he was in the monastery and he got stuck washing dishes and he was frustrated. He was like, what's this all about? 
And he realized that the it was sacred to simply do a menial task of washing dishes and that he was actually able to connect with God hmm. in the time, in the space of simply being alive and doing a task. And so it was washing dishes and then it was mopping the floor and then it was talking to someone else. And it was the fact that everywhere you go, the presence of God is with you hmm. and that you can practice then the presence of God going with you before you, around you, wherever you go. And from that perspective, then, everywhere you go, you take Jesus with you as a Christian leader, Christian follower, into the meeting, into the tough conversation, into the the living out the vision and the mission of your organization, um, into uh, trying to get people paid better, into fighting justice, wherever that might be in a city um, community. You're taking Jesus with you. So then it's going to change, hopefully, the way you interact with people to be more present with them, to not be looking past them. And so let's talk as pastors, at least, and you apply this for yourself, honestly. Mm -hmm. Where are you um, not practicing your full self being present in the moment? So, Tim, talk to us about a time as a pastor where you're like, man, I... It's so hard to be present in this moment. I'm distracted. I mean, that's easy, right? I mean, that's Sunday morning. We got four different services, man. And we do have some time in between, but I'll, I'll be honest. Sometimes I just need to not stand up and to not listen to myself talk. And so I'll go and retreat for like two minutes just to my office to just kind of, okay, slap me around a little bit, just yeah. get ready to, kind of ready white to go. Space time. White space to kind of reset. Uh, my own posture so that I can go and engage people to offer my full self to to people. And, and a lot of times, and this is a tragedy, this is a, the tragedy, the, the sorrow in my heart over someone that wants to go deep with me, but I'm looking at my, and I, I've had people say it's rude when you look at your watch, but bro, sister, I'm telling you, the service is starting in two minutes. And, and here's what I tell people, could you send me an email? Uh, could you give me a call or a text? And I will set up time to listen 100% wholeheartedly for you. But it's that pull on on Sunday. And really, it's a pull for us as pastors to say, this is why we talk about it, journey group life, who's your shepherd? So when you come, Jake and I, in our context here at Christ Greenfield, are just two of like 100 people that you're going to be chilling with. And we're just two goofy dudes, you know? And we're, we can bring the word, blah, blah, blah. But like the highlight is, yes, the word, yes, the sacrament, that's great, but also the body of Christ gathering together. So hopefully, if you're a Christ Greenfield or whatever the church you're a part of, and you're not a pastor, you enter into that Sabbath rhythm, and you're like, I am here not just to receive, but to hear the stories of other people, to be fully present with others. Exactly. Two questions you could ask people in 42 seconds as you interact with them, if you have the time uh, to be you know part of their life. Probably if you're a few more minutes as you listen would be simply this, where have you come from and where are you going? You know, who are you? Where have you come from? Um, what's going on in your life and where are you going? The the future of their um, life would be good to hear about. Another angle at being present is being vulnerable. Yep. Jesus was vulnerable. So practicing being present is to practice being vulnerable with others. Um, we live in that connected world, but it's really disconnected. And vulnerability basically means when you get to the heart of it, open to attack. You're being vulnerable about your emotions, your experiences, and you're open and you trust people to be able to share something. So as we close kind of this section down, Tim, how are you practicing vulnerability in your leadership? You know, I think I believe the lie that, and you've heard me say it, and I think it's partially true, that crap or junk um, goes up. It doesn't go down, okay? 
Tell us what do you mean about that? Meaning if you've got a struggle or there's a struggle within you or around you in the organization, you're not going to bring it to your team. You're going to bring it to your supervisor. And I think for the most part, that's good. But in an ever-increasingly flat era where organizations are not seen as hierarchy, we're just pastors, we're just leaders, we're on a team, I'm becoming way more comfortable, and this takes time, it takes trust, I'm becoming way more comfortable saying, you know what? I was or I currently am walking through a little bit of a of a down season in my spirit. I'm disappointed at generosity not being as high as I thought it would. People not saying yes to a visit to hear about the vision of of their church. I'm disappointed with that. I'm I'm frustrated that I feel there's a spirit of franticity around us right now. And I'm praying for the peace of Jesus uh, to reign in my heart. I think I've started to say that a little bit more of late. But early on, you know, you kind of have that, I'm going to go and I'm going to vent to other people. Now, there is a fine line, and we need to have wisdom to know when and where and to who, because we don't want to displace our own anxiety onto others. But if you're on a team, like our leadership team, about 12 people, I'm becoming much more safe, I guess, in being vulnerable about what I'm experiencing and what is going on in our culture. And here's the thing. It's not like they don't know. Right. That's the thing. Right. They see it. <laughs> Thanks for so. finally telling us what we already know. We're I see glad it all that over you, your face. We're glad that you know that, you know. So yeah. with uh, launching a new campus, sometimes I will be a little more um, like, I haven't done this before. We haven't done this before and frantic. And so I love when you address that and you say, like, I'm a little anxious about this. But then our team says, that's, that's why we're supposed to pray about this. Let's pray and seek the Lord together because we're all kind of feeling that. And it really changes our perspective. So be kind and be present, present and now be brave. Mm. Jesus was a brave man. You think of the bravest man out there, William Wallace, uh, William Wilberforce, or Martin Luther, the monk, and the King Jr. I mean, Freedom! those people are brave. Here I stand. Jesus is brave, though. It took courage to give up heaven to come to earth. Courage to be born a little baby. Baby? Baby. Baby. Helpless. Vulnerable. Courage to live the kind of life he lived in every situation. To be brave. To to face religious leaders that had it all wrong. Um, to choose kindness. That's, that takes mm. bravery. To choose kindness to care for the poor, the homeless, in which he was as well, encouraged to choose to die. In this day and age where Christianity is becoming more and more a marginalized movement, um, a phrase that's going on, we're going to be talking about this this book. What's the name of the book, buddy? Um, oh, coming up? Yeah. Canoeing the Mountains. Canoeing the Mountains, thank you. Canoeing the Mountains. And one of the, the topics is this phrase, adventure or die. Love it. You know, we have to move into uncharted territories. No one has lived like this, at least in the recent past, where folks are not just, you know, far from God, but they may be even antagonistic toward the things of God. We don't know what this exactly looks like. And so to push into that unknown space, that requires an awful lot of bravery, saying, I don't know. Jesus knows. Jesus is ahead of us. We're following Jesus, you know, all of that. So are you a brave leader? And I think a synonym for brave is you're you're adaptable and you're courageously moving into the future, recognizing Jesus' presence in the present. So we're going to challenge you as we close here. Um, how are you being led in your interactions to be brave? And sometimes for me, it's to not um, think so highly of myself. And you can clearly see that I'm not thinking that today when I wear this. 
But no, you weren't Miami Vice. A lot no, you of times weren't. when you interact with people, it's hard to bring up the message of Jesus because it's it. You want to be brave, but it's it's hard. You're, you're thinking like, man, they might think I'm a fool. Pity the fool. And and I don't want to be called a fool. I don't want to be thought of as a fool. I don't want to be labeled as a fool. Um, but for me, I would say it's um, this guy at a coffee shop locally that's a Muslim, and he's very kind and generous. Yeah, yeah. But like being brave, and this is longer than 42 seconds our relationship is, but I usually only have about 42 seconds as I buy a coffee from him mm-hmm. to be more bold about who Jesus is and how um, he's impacted my life. And so being more bold with with that particular barista is huge because you never know what um, God could do with that just simple 42 seconds to be brave and not feel like, oh, I don't if I say that, maybe it'll damage the relationship. I really, truly don't think it will. Yeah. Um, but I have to be brave by the power of the Spirit to actually speak those words. Can I give you a phrase that I think... Bring the phrase. Yeah, Jesus really wants to help you and, and us. It, it's simply saying... I am better because Jesus put you in my life. That's good. You know, I've been around you for a while. I'm thinking of a bartender yeah, yeah, at Arizona yeah. Wilderness right now. Nice. I, I came in there the other day. I hadn't been there in maybe six weeks. He remembered me. You know, the way to get to know him more is go there more. You right. Know, and, drink. and I am exceptionally thankful for your kindness. I'm better because Jesus put you in my life. It's those phrases that in time can open up an avenue. Being encouraging in those 42. Yeah, exactly. So to close, we want to be kind. We want to be present with people and then choose bravery every single day. There are people who are depending upon you today. And here's the beautiful thing to give you encouragement, not discouragement as we close, is who lives inside you? Jesus. Greater is he who lives inside of you than he is within the world. And, and he said, it'd be, great, it'd be great, greater if I left. John chapter 16. So I would send the Holy Spirit to right. live in you. Right. Were you listening to what's his we name did. this morning? Yeah, baby. It'd be better if I left so that Jesus would be inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit, God himself oh. with you, speaking for you in those moments to be kind, present, and brave. And it's Advent. It's December. It's the coming of Jesus. We're anticipating his final return. Mm -hmm. The time is short. Um, Revelation talks about people not being in with the Lamb of God and being thrown into a lake of fire. Not good. Let's share the gospel this Advent season. Um, I was at a church in Las Vegas uh, recently, and they had this Luke. Have you heard of this? A Luke 2 movement where they put Luke 2 on their sweatshirts. On a white V-neck? Not like this. Maybe a rocket right here. But like there was, I guess, business owners and hundreds of people in the city rocking Uh the Luke 2 in December so that it would start 42-second conversations about, hey, what is that all about? Let me tell you about Jesus, the Messiah, that came to save you of, your, of um, all of your sins. Yeah. Sharing is caring. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 42 seconds can change eternities. You are a leader, and you are changing eternities as you choose with this podcast and many other podcasts, many other books to grow every single day. I'm going to go change. And Jake's going to rock that Peace the rest out. of this day. It's going to be amazing. Peace no. out. I'm not. <laughs> you have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.